Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin.
Bibles to the book of Genesis as we continue. The title of our message is Jacob's Sons Go Down to Egypt. And so last time we left off, Joseph had uh, been elevated to the position of prime minister or governor over all of the land of Egypt from rags to riches. If there was a story of rags to riches, Joseph and his life and his experience. And of course, we know that that promotion was by the will of God because God had a plan in the life of the Israelites and in the life of Joseph specifically. So let's turn to the 42nd chapter and beginning at verse 1. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, Lest some calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land. And it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them. But he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. And he said to them, Where do you come from? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, No, my lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. But he said to them, No, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, Your servants are twelve brothers the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. In this manner you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you, and let him bring your brother, and you shall be kept in prison that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison three days. Then Joseph said to them the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses. And bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, 
Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and wept. And he returned to them again and talked with them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph gave a command to fill their sacks with grain, to restore every man's money to his sack, and to give them provisions for the journey. Thus he did for them. So they loaded their donkeys with the grain and departed from there. But as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey feed at the encampment, he saw his money, and there it was in the mouth of his sack. So he said to his brothers, My money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. Then their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, and saying to one another, What is this that God has done to us? Then they went to Jacob their father in the land of Canaan, and told him all that had happened to them, saying, The man who was lord of the land spoke roughly to us, and took us for spies of the country. But we said to him, We are honest men. We are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no more, and the youngest is with our father this day in the land of Canaan. Then the man, the lord of the country, said to us, By this I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me. Take food for the famine of your households and be gone. And bring your youngest brother to me, so I shall know that you are not spies, but that you are honest men. I will grant your brother to you, and you may trade in the land. Then it happened as they emptied their sacks that surprisingly each man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob their father said to them, You have bereaved me, Joseph is no more, Simeon is no more, and you want to take Benjamin. All these things are against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father, saying, Kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hand, and I will bring him back to you. But he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If any calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, then you would bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, as we study your word, we pray that you be our teacher. Through God the Holy Spirit, enable us to understand, and then, Lord, to apply your truths to our lives. We thank you for the faithfulness of Joseph. We thank you, O Lord, for your faithfulness. Speak to us now, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So you'll recall that Joseph had been promoted. Now some of you may be here for the first time, or perhaps the first time in a long time, and you're not aware of the story of Joseph. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob, and Jacob had his name changed by God to Israel. And so Jacob's 12 sons are often referred to as the 12 tribes of Israel because Jacob's name was changed to Israel. You see, Israel is the name that God gave to, to Jacob. But Joseph, this 11th son, was gifted by God. 
And as a boy, God gave him the gift of interpreting dreams. And he spoke to Joseph through these dreams. And Joseph would share those dreams with his brothers. Well, in his dreams, he dreamt that, basically, that his brothers were bowed down to him. And he eventually dreamt that not only his brothers bowing down to him, but also his brothers and his mother and father. In other words, his whole entire family would be bowing down to him. And so they developed a, a very strong dislike for their brother Joseph. And then on top of that, their father Jacob favored him and made him this fancy coat of many colors. And uh, instead of working out with uh, the rest of his brothers, Jacob, in favoring Joseph, he would send his son Joseph to check on his brothers to see whether or not they were fulfilling their responsibilities or if they were fooling around. And then he would bring, you know, report back to his dad, and he would often bring back a negative report. And so their dislike turned into hate, and then that hate intensified and became rage. And what they eventually did was they then stripped him of that robe of many colors and sold him into slavery so that he was taken down into the land of Egypt when he was 17 years old, and he was sold as a slave. But the Bible tells us that the Lord was with him. And the Lord blessed him. And the Lord watched over him and made him to prosper. And he was bought by uh, a man who was the chief of the guard. He was the chief executioner. His name was Potiphar. And uh, he made Joseph a slave, a servant in his household. But, but he very quickly noticed that there was something very different about this young man. And he could tell that the Lord's blessing was upon his life. And so eventually, Joseph became the chief slave, the chief servant. And he became Potiphar's financial advisor and manager. So that Joseph became very, very important in the household of Potiphar. And he put everything in his charge. Well... Joseph was blessed with intelligence and he was also blessed with good looks because one day when Potiphar was away Potiphar's wife Mrs. Potiphar well she was making eyes at Joseph she was trying to put a move on Joseph and uh, she wasn't uh, you know she didn't hide it she basically said I want you to be with me all right, and he said no. <laughs> and uh, that wasn't good enough for her. She continued, the Bible says, day after day, attempting to seduce him, and he continued to resist and to say no. But on one particular occasion, he happened to be in the house doing his work, and uh, she grabbed him by his cloak, and uh, uh, he ran out of the house, and he left his cloak in her hand. And so she accused him to the other servants and said, See, my husband brought this Hebrew in here, and he's mocked me. He tried to rape me. See, I have the evidence here. 
And when Potiphar came home, she gave him that story, and Joseph was then placed into prison. And he was in prison for a few years. And on one occasion, Pharaoh's butler and baker were thrown into the prison, and they had dreams. And, and so in the morning, Joseph was doing his rounds because he was the chief prisoner. The Lord had blessed him in the prison. And the warden had put him in charge of the prison. But he noticed that they were very sad looking, so he asked them about them. And they mentioned that they had had these dreams. And so he interpreted the dreams. And, and the way he interpreted them came to pass. The chief butler was restored to his position and the baker was hanged. Well then, Pharaoh had some dreams. And in his dreams he saw these these healthy cows, and then all of a sudden he saw these, these seven unhealthy cows, and they ate up the seven healthy cows. So he, he woke up, and he was disturbed by this dream, and he fell back to sleep again, and he had a second dream. And in the second dream, he, he saw this uh, uh, healthy uh, ears of, of corn or grain, seven of them, but then these, these very sickly uh, ears of grain uh, came up and they basically ate the other, the healthy uh, ears of grain and he woke up again and he was disturbed by it. He called for all of his wise men and his, his uh, soothsayers and magicians, etc. He wanted his dreams interpreted and they could not interpret them. But the butler remembered he remembered this young man named Joseph in prison who interpreted his dream. And so he told Pharaoh about Joseph, and Joseph called for, or rather the Pharaoh called for Joseph to come. And Joseph was cleaned up and came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh explained his dreams, and Joseph then gave the interpretation. But Joseph was very careful to point out that it was God who gave the interpretation that God was communicating with Pharaoh what was about to come. And the reason that he, he dreamt the same dream, really one dream, but in two different ways, was because it was about to happen soon. The seven cows and the seven uh, ears of grain represented seven years. There were going to be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. And so it was that the Pharaoh saw the wisdom of, of Joseph and the, the Spirit of God within him and upon him. He appointed him as the prime minister, the governor over all the land of Egypt. And so this famine reaches beyond Egypt. And so that brings us to our passage here. The famine reaches beyond Egypt and to the borders and into the lands of other countries, all the way to the land of Canaan, where Joseph's family were living. And so it's kind of comical, because it says that uh, Jacob, you know, he, he heard through rumor and through those who had been, been trading and, and passing down to Egypt and then coming back and, and going through the trade routes, he heard that there was grain for sale in Egypt. And that's, in the, in the Hebrew, it actually brings that out, that, 
not only was there grain there, but they were also making it available for sale to other folks from other lands. So he tells his sons, why in the world are you guys just sitting around looking at each other? That's basically what he's saying. Why don't you, why don't you get up and do something about this? All right? Because I've heard that there is grain for sale down in Egypt. And so they went to get food for their family as well as for their, their livestock. Now notice that Jacob could have sent his servants because Jacob had servants. He could have sent them. You recall when Abraham was looking for a, a wife for his son, he sent his servant to do this work. But he sends his sons because it's all part of God's divine plan concerning the family of Israel and concerning those dreams that God had given to Joseph when he was a young boy. Now, consider that God can call a child into the ministry or call a person into the ministry when they're but a young child and yet not bring that to complete fruition until they're a grown man or a grown woman. So is the case in the life of Joseph. So Joseph's ten brothers go down to Egypt. They obey their father and they go down to Egypt. But Benjamin is kept at home. You notice that? That's because Jacob had sons from four different women. And uh, his, his favorite wife was Rachel. And she was the mother of Joseph and Benjamin. She was the one that he really wanted. And you'll recall that he had been tricked by his uncle Laban into marrying Leah and then Rachel and then the whole process of them giving their maidservants to him so that he ended up with four wives and, and the children from all of these different ladies. But the one that he really loved was Rachel. And so Joseph and Benjamin had a very special place in his heart. And he said, no, Benjamin is not going. So the brothers go down to Egypt and notice they come before their brother, Joseph. Now they're unaware that Joseph is in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And just to kind of give you a picture of how magnificent in its glory days Egypt was. It's kind of like the U.S. in its glory days, the superpower of the world. You follow? And here Joseph is in charge of Egypt. And notice Joseph's generosity. He could have limited the grain to just the people of Egypt. But he didn't do that. You see, that's one little detail that's often overlooked when we, we read the story. Not only did he lay up grain for the Egyptian people, but he laid up grain for every family that suffered 
during this famine from whatever country they lived in. God's provision. See, that's once again God blessing the Gentiles through Abraham. You follow? God said that he would make Abraham a great blessing and all the nations of the world would be blessed through him. Here is an indication of how God blesses and provides for the Gentile unbelieving nations through Joseph. Generosity. He makes grain available to whoever comes. Jesus said, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. But his brothers come and notice they bow down before him. Now, certainly he's not the one, you know, that's measuring out everything. He's, he's in charge. He has people who are working. He, he has laborers who are working. But notice he recognizes his brothers. The Bible says he recognized them. They stood out like sore thumbs. But he recognized them. But the Bible says that he, he made himself a stranger. Now they, they didn't recognize him. You see, 20 years had gone by by this time. 20 years. And so they didn't recognize their brother. The Bible, as we read here, says that he spoke roughly to them. Now, he didn't speak to them roughly because he was being mean. That was not his purpose. He was examining their motives. He knew exactly who they were. And he knew exactly what they were guilty of. So he examines their motives. He speaks roughly to them to evaluate their motives, their heart, and to determine the welfare of his young brother Benjamin and his father Jacob. Now notice how they characterize themselves. They said, we're honest men. Right? There were 12 of us, they say. The youngest is with our father. So he, right? He, he realizes Benjamin is alive. They haven't done to him what they did to me. And one is no more. One is no more. Oh, little did they know that the person that they were communicating with was the brother Joseph that they had sold into slavery. So that examination, right, begins. And then he says, Hereby you shall be proved by the life of Pharaoh. That was a, an Egyptian oath, by the life of Pharaoh. So Simeon is kept in prison before they return home. Now, Notice, he puts all of them into prison. He puts all of them into prison. And he allows them to experience somewhat of what he experienced when they threw him down into that pit. 
But recall that he was in prison for some two or three years himself. Falsely accused for alleged to, to attempt to rape Potiphar's wife. He's thrown into prison. So he places them into prison. And what happens in prison? Isn't it something that they begin to remember? To remember what they did to their brother Joseph. Surely this has come upon us because of what we did to our brother Joseph. They even went so far as to say, don't you remember how he, he cried out in anguish? How he, he begged for us to take him out of that pit and to not do that? And we wouldn't listen to him? Now here's an interesting point as well. Simeon, you see, was the second oldest. Reuben was the oldest. And usually in ancient times, they would always hold the eldest one accountable. But he passes over Reuben. And why? Because you'll recall that Reuben told him, he said, don't hurt the boy. It was his, his thought that he would come back and rescue Joseph. So Joseph passes over Reuben, but remember it was Simeon who came up with the idea of selling him into slavery. So Simeon is bound and held back. And the Bible says that when Joseph heard his brothers going through this, this whole story, that he began to weep. You can imagine the pain, the emotional pain and the Bible says he remembered the dreams that he dreamt about his, his brothers. Them all bowing down. And as we'll see as we continue through the book of Genesis, that eventually his entire family comes and bows down before him. Just as the Lord communicated to him in those dreams when he was but a little boy. But he holds Simon back in prison and he sends them on his way now, on their way. Now notice this. He doesn't treat them the way that they treated him. They sent him off. They, they stripped him of his coat. They sent him off with nothing into a life of slavery. And he had the power as the prime minister of Egypt. He could have had Potiphar's wife thrown into prison. But he didn't do that. He could have had her executed. He didn't do that either. As a matter of fact, when you go through here, you don't find Joseph holding a grudge. He treats them with grace. He gives them what they don't deserve. He has every man's sack filled with grain, sacks of grain for the family and also sacks of grain for the animals. And in every man's sack, he has their money put back, their money restored. That's grace. Giving what they do not deserve. Merciful and graceful. Now notice when they stop at an encampment on their way back before they make it all the way home. They, you know, it was a several days journey. One of them opens his sack and what does he find? He finds his money. 
And the Bible says that they're, they're now terrified. They actually tremble. The word that's used there is the same word that's used to describe Isaac when he realizes that Jacob had come in and stolen his brother's, his brother's blessing. He shook. The word is also used to describe an earthquake. They shook with terror. And notice what they say. What is this that God has done to us? Here's something else that's very interesting. In prison, when they were, when they were going through the story of what they did to Joseph, they admit their guilt. They say, we are guilty. And here's a very surprising, interesting point. It is the only confession of sin in the entire book of Genesis. You say, what? It is the only, only confession of sin in the whole book of Genesis. You recall when God came into the garden, he said, Adam, where are you? He said, well, I'm, we're hiding in the bushes. Why are you hiding in the bushes? Did you eat of the tree? He said, he said the woman you gave, see, he didn't admit it, did he? You follow? And then when he spoke to Eve, she said, well, the serpent. As a matter of fact, Adam, the way he responded was, the woman that you gave me. He's putting, the, he's putting the responsibility for that on Eve and God because God was the one who gave him Eve. And what do they say? What is this that God has done to us? Yet in the prison, they were, we're guilty. But at least they were sensitive enough to know and to recognize that God was at work in their lives. So they go home and they make Jacob aware of the situation. And he says, you're not taking Benjamin down there. You see, they, their brother Simeon was left there. He, in, in generosity and by grace and mercy, he allowed them to take all that grain home. Because Joseph also knows that God is providing for his father Jacob and for the family of Jacob. So what do we learn as we bring this to a close here? Well, first of all, difficulties, misfortune, and severe circumstances are realities in life. They come to everyone. Never make the mistake of thinking that because you're a Christian, you'll never have a difficulty or sadness or pain or misery or tragedy. The famine was not only in Egypt, but was felt in other countries as well. The famine was experienced by Jacob, who is a child of promise, whose name was changed to Israel, and he has the 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. Yet they experienced the famine. And oftentimes these difficulties and misfortunes come as a result of choices that we've made, poor choices that we make, and so we suffer the consequences. Now, God in his mercy doesn't always allow the consequences to play out fully because he has a greater plan for our lives. And in his mercy, 
like Joseph providing grain to his brothers, grain that they did not deserve. And the money returned, so God in his grace and in his mercy deals with us mercifully and compassionately. Difficulties are also opportunities for growth. Time for us to examine ourselves and our relationship with the Lord. Every Christian has this responsibility to continuously cultivate that relationship that they have with the Lord, to grow spiritually, to grow in their maturity, to grow in their devotion, to grow in their love and adoration of God, and to grow in service. Acknowledgement of personal responsibility is a necessary step in overcoming difficulties. Especially when a choice that we've made has brought about certain consequences or circumstances. To take responsibility. His brother said, we are guilty. You know that the book of Proverbs said if a person is going to have friends, he must first show himself to be friendly. And in many families... You have nothing but war. Never mind friends. You have family members that are at war with each other, like Joseph and his brothers. And yet you have, you have families where these people are all Christian and, and, and they're at war with each other. As the Bible says, James, the brother of the Lord Jesus said, these things ought not to be. Families Especially Christian families are to be families that exemplify the love and the forgiveness and the compassion and the mercy and the grace of God. Self-realization, healing, and trust in God are the desired results. Reconciliation. The Bible teaches that God was reconciling the world, reconciling humanity, to him through the cross. The only way that we can be reconciled to God is to come to Jesus Christ and accept him as Lord. Grain is, is what they used to, to bake bread. Jesus is the bread of heaven. He is the grain, if you will. Do you know Jesus as your Savior today? Have you walked away from the Lord? Are you obeying His call upon your life? Maybe you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior. You can do that by a simple act of faith in prayer. Just pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Please come into my heart, come into my life, and save me. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Let's stand, please. Lord, I'm coming home. Home, home to God. And as we sing, you come to the Lord who loves you. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.